0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple
1: truths about your future. Oswald Chambers in his devotional on Genesis, listen to what he says. Remain true to God in your obscurity and remember you are not the designer of your destiny. I've told you before that if you're a Christian, your life will not turn out the way you planned it. God has a better plan.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Climbing the corporate ladder, being on top of your game, nice guys finish last. Well, this particular philosophy may help you succeed in one way, but completely fail in another. Today, as he continues his new study in the book of Titus, Pastor Xavier offers up a different type of success. Let's join him for
1: today's study. Titus chapter 1. Verse 1, the message is entitled, Servants and Apostles. Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's the opening verse we're going to look at. Paul, the servant of God. First of all, the word for bondservant means a slave by choice for life. There were servants that served for a set time to pay off their debt. There were servants that were born into slavery, so there was two types. There were slaves that served for life of their own free will, bond servants. That's what the word is here, and they had sold themselves into bondage to pay off the debt in six years. In the seventh year, they were allowed to be released, but during those six years, he spent those six years in his master's house, and he personally experienced the type of man he was, his justice. His equity, his fairness. And at the end of those six years, if he was an equitable man, he concluded this. I cannot do better for myself than what he can do for me. So I'm going to give my life to him and serve him. Because that's the best thing for my life. What a parallel to our call in Jesus Christ. We willfully become bondservants of Jesus Christ because we know He is the one that can do best for my life. He can do for me what I cannot do for myself. It's no surprise the word that Paul uses through the New Testament is bondservant. In fact, the title of bondservant is after the example of Christ. Jesus told His disciples in John 13, 16, that He being their Lord... Wash their feet, therefore they ought to wash one another's feet. For the servant, Dulos, is not greater than his Lord. He who was God became man, and he came and he washed feet. What a message for the church today. Paul uses the word for Jesus also as he describes the emptying of himself, of his glory, not of his deity. As a bond servant in Philippians 2 7. Being in the form of God, he emptied himself and took on the form of a servant. And he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God because he was God. And therefore, God has given him a name above every other name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confesses Jesus Christ as Lord. God becoming man. Bondservant. Paul used the word only one time. In the New Testament to identify someone else with him as a bond servant, Who is that? Timothy. Philippians 1.1. 1, 1. He had no one like Timothy. Like a faithful son serving a father, he says. In fact, there in Philippians, he mentions himself, Timothy, and Epaphras as the examples after the mind of Christ the servant. Not seeking their own glory, but the glory of the Father. Paul calls himself a bond servant, doulos, throughout the New Testament. Now, notice thirty also the title servant of God. It's not the common one used by Paul. He usually calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ, not a servant of God. He identifies himself with the Old Testament prophets who were called the servants of God. Paul is coming out of the Old Testament. Paul is a Jew, a Pharisee, a Pharisee. The Old Testament prophets were called by God. They didn't call themselves, but they were men and women who were called of God. They were anointed of God. They spoke under inspiration. They were the messengers of God to the northern kingdom, to the southern kingdom, to proclaim repentance. The prophets were always called by God once the Levitical priesthood had become corrupted. And had failed in their initial responsibility to call the people of God to God. And so God went out of his way and he called prophets to call the nation back to repentance. Moses is called the servant of God. Paul calls himself the servant of God. He acknowledged the ultimate representation of the Father here through the Son, Jesus Christ. Even as Jesus came to represent the Father. And so Paul goes straight to the Father. Why? Because he came to the Son. John 1.18 says, No one has seen the Father, no one has descended or revealed the Father except Jesus Christ, the one who has descended. Oswald Chambers, in his devotional on Genesis, listen to what he says. Remain true to God in your obscurity, and remember you are not the designer of your destiny remain true to God in your obscurity can you handle that i've told you before that if you're a christian your life will not turn out the way you planned it <laughs> because god has a better life for you god has a better plan he knows the end from the beginning any service that is done apart from him, is not honored by god you see he's not looking for labor He's looking for a labor of love. Second Corinthians 4, 5 said, He will reward us in that day according to the motives or the intent of the heart. God is not interested in the amount of work you can do. He's interested in how and why you're doing it. We do that also as parents, do we not? If we see our, our 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 young son or daughter working hard, doing something, at first it, it strikes us with with a sense of, of 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 pride to an extent and satisfaction, and it's great. But if we afterwards find out their wrong motive behind what they're doing, it disgusts us. It bums us out. What has changed? The motive. And this is how God sees things. He says, X, why are you doing it? What is the motive behind what you're doing? And he will judge me according to that. If our master came to serve, if our master went to the nth mile, then what are we to do? We're to love one another, we're to serve one another, we're to be gracious to one another, we're to extend ourselves to one another, we're to flow, we're to be flexible. Blessed are the flexible, Pastor Chuck says, they will not break. I'm to yield and obey to what the Word says, to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Any other attempt is an attempt to to get become perfect and it will frustrate you. I say, Lord, I can't do it, but you can do it through me. I commend myself to you, Lord. I can trust you. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to yield to you. Now we've got the biblical perspective. Now there's hope for Xavier. <laughs> the imperative thing to do as a servant is to put on the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.5 We have the mind of Christ. We don't put it on. We have to put it on. Daily. Every day you put clothes on. Thank God. Every day you have to put the mind of Christ on Every day There's not a day that goes on That I can go without the mind of Christ I must put it on Because those thoughts are going to come in Those attacks are going to come in The warfare is on And I have to think on those things that are lovely Good, noble, pure So I have to put off and put on I have to resist and I have to draw an (laughs) eye Both things have to happen I have to put on the armor and I have to fight the good fight. I have to cling to Jesus. This was Paul, the servant of God. And so it should be with us. Notice, thirdly, that Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, is his last identity. First, he calls himself an apostle. There are only a few exceptions where Paul does not call himself an apostle in the salutation. They're rare. The word apostle, as you know, is made up of two words. stello, which means to equip or arrange or prepare. And then apo, which means to put away from or to make distance. And the word became a technical term for an ambassador of a country or king. Communicating his office and delegated authority to act on his behalf based on the one who was sent. So an ambassador would be a good translation for today One sent to represent Paul in writing to Titus In the authority of Jesus Christ Is doing so as an official disciple of Jesus The letter is to establish authority in the church For all to recognize We saw that also in Timothy Because there were problems at Ephesus And in Crete there were some internal problems also And there were new churches The Old Testament prophets and the modern-day missionary are a form of apostles. Today, that would be a good application. An apostle would be a missionary, one who's sent out. In principle, it applies to all of us, as we'll see, but that might be a good parallel. The word is used in two ways in Scripture, a messenger and ambassador of God in 1 Corinthians 9.1 and Galatians 1.1. And then a messenger and ambassador of the church in Philippians 2.25. As Paul talks about himself, Timothy and Epaphras. The word apostle is used in various categories. We know that there were the twelve apostles that Jesus chose after an entire night in prayer. Luke chapter 6 tells us that. And then the requirements and the names are given also in chapter 1 of the book of Acts. They were to be present with Jesus from his baptism. And they had to have seen him and been with him until he ascended up on high in the Mount of Olives. And Acts chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 tells us that. Those are the first apostles that we have in the Bible. Then we have 70 that Jesus sent out to by two. They are distinct from the 12. And then there were apostles after the ascension of Jesus, such as Barnabas, Epaphroditus, Apollos, Silvanus, Andronicus, Junia, and many others. So, though they have the same operation, they are distinct in category. Those who were with Jesus, those who were sent out by two, the 70, and then those that came after Jesus left this world. But notice also here that he calls himself an apostle of Jesus Christ. He never calls himself... One of the twelve. If Paul did replace Judas Iscariot, as some declare, certainly Paul would have used that as they attacked his apostleship in Second Corinthians or maybe even Galatians. He never did. Why? Because he could not meet the requirements of Acts chapter one, verse twenty-one and twenty-two. He was not with Jesus from his baptism. He could not have been one of the twelve. So, Matthew is the correct one, chosen by lots. He calls himself the apostle of the Gentiles in Romans eleven thirteen. He calls himself a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth in 2 Timothy 2, 7. He told the Corinthians, If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in Christ, 1 Corinthians 9, 2. He was their spiritual father. Paul never thought of himself inferior to the other apostles. I love that. He declared the signs of an apostle were accomplished in him in signs, wonders, and mighty deeds in 2 Corinthians 7, 2-12. through He was not inferior in any of the gifts. He said he was behind in nothing of the most eminent apostles, though he was nothing in 2 Corinthians 12-11. He didn't think that he or his gospel was inferior. In fact, he confidently declared that none of the apostles added anything to him in Galatians 1.6. He says, those that seem to be somewhere in the church pillars, they add nothing to me. I like Paul. It is so great. He says, I, my, my gospel, I received it directly from Jesus Christ. And when I talked with them, it wasn't inferior. Jesus appeared to me. In fact, he says he was one born out of due time, not worthy to be called an apostle because he persecuted the church in 1 Corinthians 15, 8 and 9. Paul knew who he was. He knew where he came from. He understood the grace of God. And he never thought himself as an apostle of man, but of one of Jesus Christ, who separated him from his mother's womb, Galatians 1, 1 and 15. Isn't it exciting that you can say, That God separated you from your mother's womb? That He called you from the foundations of the world? (laughs) People may think you're brash and bold and arrogant, but you've got Scripture to back it up. Now, it's not by virtue of your own worthiness or anything that you have done or will do. It's simply because God loves you and God is sovereign. And that makes you fall in love with Him more and more because you know you're not that lovable. You know that you're not that (laughs) choosable. And that's where true love comes alive in a marriage. After you quit playing the games. And you start looking and you see that your mate loves you. And you're really not that lovable. Then you start to appreciate that love. Then you start reciprocating. You start realizing the nugget you have. Rather than comparing it. Paul was a representative and ambassador of Jesus, sent out, thoroughly equipped, Acts 9.15. Equipped for the labor, enabled, being put in the ministry as we studied in 1 Timothy 1.12. Appointed a preacher and an apostle, 1 Timothy 2.7. He was fully aware that Jesus Christ was not only God, but God. God and man. Amazing. His name, Jesus, identifies his humanity, his earthly existence. The name Jesus in the Greek is really a translation from the Hebrew name Joshua. And Joshua is just a contraction of Jehovah Shua, which means Jehovah's salvation. So the name Jesus means Jehovah's salvation. He is the God man. For the title of Christ is Messiah. The Old Testament concept of the Messiah. The God who became man to redeem man sent Paul out to preach the gospel to lost man, to save man. That's what. You are sent out to do. That's what I'm sent out to do. Wherever God would use us. The following ad occurred in a London newspaper in years past. Men wanted for hazardous journey. Small wages. Bitter cold. Long months of complete darkness. Constant danger. Safe return? Doubtful. Honor and recognition in case of success. The ad was signed by Sir Ernest Skeleton and Arctic Explorer. Thousands responded instantly to the call. They were ready to sacrifice all for the elation of adventure and uncertain honor. Should God's servants do any less? I don't think so. We're to be men and women of God who serve who serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, who serve him in his kingdom, who serve him through his church, who serve him out of love and for no other motive. The office of apostles should not be thought of as the first century, that you, in some way, are the same as the twelve apostles, but that you are an apostle of the Great Commission. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20 says And Jesus came and spoke to them saying All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth Go therefore and make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age Amen That applies to all of us Now, maybe you can't go to China Maybe you can't go to Russia Maybe you can't go to Mexico But you go to work, don't you? You go to school You have a neighborhood where you live There's friends you interact with And in all these arenas There are many unsaved And what you and I need to do Is say Lord prepare my heart What do you have Give me the wisdom Open those doors I have to be practical The believer is to know that He or she is not Claiming apostolic authority Yet they have complete authority Through the scriptures As they are sent out to the generation as an ambassador of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We beg people to repent. We plead with them because they are going to hell. They're living a lost life. As Jonathan Edwards says, "Sinners in the hands of an angry God, lost man is like walking on a slippery, icy pole. That any second they can slip into eternal darkness and perish." That's what's at line. That's what's at stake. Nothing short of that. The responsibility of the believer is to communicate the gospel that is backed up by a lifestyle, so that the proclamation is followed by transformation, an awesome responsibility and accountability before God. Listen to the words of Jesus in the parable in Luke 12:47 47 and 48. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few, for everyone to whom much is given... From him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. The longer you and I are around, the longer we learn the word of God, the more we walk with him, the more we are held accountable for. Because we have the greater light. Each of us have to obey to be a witness for Jesus in the world even as Jesus, or not Jesus, but Paul. Remember when he was before King Agrippa? He said this in Acts 26, 9, and 20. I was not disobedient, King Agrippa, to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Bingo. Bottom line. He says, I was not disobedient to the call. What a great thing to look back on your life and say, I've been faithful to my call. I've been faithful to my gifts. I've worked in the kingdom. What a glorious time it's been. It makes it all worthwhile. If not, you'll sit by the sidelines and you'll say, God ripped me off. I don't know why I gave my life to him. Everything seems to have fallen apart. And those are not the exception. There's many on the sidelines declaring such things. Jump in the trenches. Roll up your sleeves. And move on in the kingdom. Because the Lord is coming and people are perishing. And we are sent out to be servants. That's what we are. So this was Paul the Apostle of Jesus Christ. The one he served. So this threefold identity of Paul is applicable to each of us. Paul the man. he put there Sally, the woman. Tim, the man. He uses just who you are. Paul the servant of God. Tony the servant of God. Eddie the servant of God. Margaret the servant of God. And Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, and you can insert your name there because that's who we are no one special, just a citizen of the kingdom that God would use us. What a great time we have today in our world! The darker it gets, the brighter the light's going to shine, and God wants to use you as well of myself. So, may God give us wisdom, may we understand what God wants to do. Through each of us.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and God's Plan for His Children. And you can pick up a copy of our study today, Servants and Apostles. We can send it your way on CD for only $4. And this will also include what we learned the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is Servants and Apostles, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard. And please, it really helps us when you include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is important when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Christianity is much more than going to church. Find out how much more when you tune in to the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese.